0: hello and welcome back to over the top football hope you are having a great
1: easter weekend everybody john how's yours been Been good it's been good it's been quite relaxed in fairness and a few easter egg hunts Uh, a lot of chocolate standard standard easter weekend what about yourself
0: yeah, good, um, chill, feel like I've got quite a lot of things on my to-do list done, a lot more still to do, um, but yeah, feeling good, did, uh, did a couple of long runs, obviously, we've got our marathon coming soon, so uh, yeah, I've been out in the heat prepping for that.
1: Yeah, that'll be enjoyable, I did a, a long run on Saturday. We will be doing it for a charity, so we'll, we'll link that to our Instagram pages and stuff like that, and we'll upload a number of you know photos and videos from the day if people want to follow that. But most importantly, we're planning on getting a number of episodes recorded over the few days that you will be in Belfast.
0: Yeah, very much looking forward to those. Um, Yeah, getting some more video footage as well will be great for our channels. Um, And I did actually consider at one point, although I feel like running a marathon is probably enough, but I thought it would be fun to try and do an episode whilst we're doing the marathon. But maybe, maybe I'm asking too much of us.
1: I thought the same. But I don't know how much people want to hear me with deep breathing um and spluttering down the microphone, but we could we can we can potentially give it a go. We could certainly do it on the um on some of the prep runs in the days in advance. So we're gonna do a few five K's whenever you arrive. So we could definitely do a few episodes then.
0: Yeah, who doesn't love uh a bit of patenting whilst talking about how great most salaries or
1: whatever would be discussing. Exactly, but, exactly. Right, let's get into this, today's episode yeah, anyway. Good. Do you want to introduce us?
0: Sure. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go over the top five leagues. So that's Spain, Germany, Italy, France and England, of course. Um, we're going to quickly kind of discuss their title race, maybe a bit more of kind of top four conversations as well, if there are a few teams involved. Uh, and then we're both going to pick our winners for the Champions League. Now, the reason that we're going to do this is because we are both so brilliant at predictions. Our long-time listeners will know that John picked Qatar to win the World Cup and therefore <laughs> is really, really good at his predictions. Um, so yeah, it would be a fun one to hop into. And I'm looking forward to seeing how right we get it or how wrong we get it.
1: Yeah, and before we actually kick things off, let's let's correct that previous statement and say that I did predict Argentina to win the World Cup on penalties. Uh, so that's where the statement is. We Well, maybe throw in a few random uh, leagues towards the end of the conversation i've We're going to talk about the five key ones that you've spoken about in the Champions League. I've got another rogue one that we might want to spend two minutes discussing because there's a big game today that could settle the conversation um but you know let's let's get stuck into it anyway. Where do you want to start?
0: I want to start in Syria A. Uh, partly because I think the title race is probably the most foregone conclusion. Um, But actually, there's some really interesting stuff happening in and amongst kind of like the top five there. So purely for the viewers at home, I'll read the current points. So Napoli all have played 29 games, by the way. Napoli on 74, Lazio on 58, Roma on 53, AC Milan 52, Inter Milan 51. Atlanta 48 in 6th and Juve are on 44 in 7th. Um quite easy this one John I'd imagine Napoli to win it.
1: Certainly Napoli to win it but whenever you look further in the league and you look at the Champions League spots there's three of the top 5 still left in the Champions League and how much of an impact will that make coming into the latter part of the season and looking at those Champions League positions but yeah from a, a winner's perspective, I think Napoli are 16 points clear. There, there are certainties at this point on what a season they've had.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's been fueled by the fact that they probably have certainly two the two best players in the league this year in Ossiman and Carrao Um You can argue Kim Min-jae as well is probably a top five player in the league this year. So play to them kind of come from relatively nowhere, particularly after selling a lot of their or letting them go on a free like your Mertens, your Insignes in recent years. So they've rebuilt very, very well to, be, to their credit. Yeah, the Champions League one's interesting. And actually, I feel like AC and Inter, who are obviously the previous two winners of Serie A, have been caught slacking a little bit. Lazio getting up into second and... They are seven points clear of Milan in fifth. I think it's, I mean, it's a hell of an achievement from their team. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really interesting that we've seen a bit of a renaissance of the uh, Rome, of the capital, uh, with Lazio and Roma in second and third. Do you expect the top four to stay as it is, or do you think there might be any changes?
1: I would. I would expect the top four to the top five really to stay as it is. Um Top four spot between Roma, AC, Milan and Inter will be very, very interesting. It will depend upon, you know, what happens in the Champions League, how many fixtures these teams have to play in the in the latter weeks of the tournament. But I would expect the top five to change. But again, that that Champions League conversation does play into Atalanta's hands a little bit more in terms of the focus and the concentration on making up those three additional points. That's only one game, you know, that's one loss that they could take advantage of. And they do have a very similar goal difference to Inter Milan and a slightly better goal difference to AC Milan as well. So my prediction is that the top five will stay the same, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Atalanta tip either Inter or AC Milan. If I was a betting man, I would say that Atalanta could tip Inter into fifth spot, Uh, but I I, I do predict that the top five will, will stay the same as it is right now.
0: Nice. Um, So, yeah, they're they're my wild card. I actually have Atlanta squeezing into the top four. Um, I don't think they'll necessarily catch Roma, but they play Roma at home in a couple of weeks' time. Um, They also have Inter Milan fair play away on the last day of the season, but actually they favour quite well with Inter Milan in heads-to-heads, purely from memory, that is. Um, But, yeah, I can just see them creeping up somehow um they've got really good firepower and your Zapatas and your lookmans um yeah they're they're one of mine to kind of like creep in and yeah have a nice late season surge
1: interesting and just for the listeners back home what is the champions league set up on that how many teams would actually qualify for the champions league how many would fall into the europa league um, what's the sort of qualification markers top four is Champions yeah. League fifth is Europa League sixth is Europa Conference isn't that right?
0: Um, That is correct yes Um. yeah e- essentially top four and then fifth only is Europa League Um, I don't know if it works a little similarly to England in that like a cup competition gets you European qualification as well and what the ramifications on the Conference League are from there but I'll be honest, John, I just could not give a toss about the Conference League until Tottenham end up qualifying for it next year, and I want us to
1: win a trophy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was going to say it'll be completely different when you're in it and you want to win it. But, yeah, I mean, if we're going to look specifically at the top four, then I'm sitting on the fence a little bit saying about the top five. I think that AC Milan will stay where they are. I think that Inter will stay where they are, and I think Lazio will stay where they are. So I do think that'll be the top four. As it is, I think, um, sorry, AC Milan and Roma to stay where they are. And I think Inter will drop out of the top four, stay in fifth, with Atalanta finishing in sixth. So that would be as it is today, with Inter not qualifying for the Champions League for next season. And that's a bit mental in that they very easily and very well could become Champions League semi finalists over the next few weeks. Yeah.
0: So for me, um, i would say ac milan are more the more likely one to drop out obviously i've seen them a couple of times recently playing tottenham i mean we are bad they were not really all that much better uh, they look a better team now uh, now mike Mannon is back a couple of their injured players are back but yeah i just i don't know what it is i think i don't i think they lack real firepower ac milan like they don't then don't strike me as the type of team who can batter teams um, although I'm pretty sure they did manage to beat Napoli 4-0 or something last week. Um, but, yeah, AC Milan would be the one I would see could slide out. Um, and I could see Inter overtaking Roma, for example, into that third spot. Um, but, yeah, as I say, Atalanta, there's there's always one somewhere. And Atalanta squeezing into the top four would be my pick. Let's move on um, Interesting. to La Liga. Yeah. Um, To La Liga, um, because, yeah, again, if we're talking foregone conclusions in the title race like and giving you all more reasons to listen, um, it's because the title races get more exciting as we go through this list. And, yeah, we have Barcelona, top, 71 points. Real Madrid, 59. Atletico Madrid, 57. Real Sociedad, 51. And then you have Villarreal on 47 in fifth. Betis on 45 in sixth.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a foregone conclusion as well at this point. You talked about Barcelona having a game in hand on Real Madrid with 71 points, 12 points clear. That league is as done as the Serie A league is as well. It's really up to, you know, the question is, will Real Sociedad hold on to that last Champions League spot in La Liga? Um, I think they will. At this point, I think it's, you know, they've had a strong season They've been performing well. It's whether they're able to get past the last number of fixtures. They obviously play Barcelona and Atlético Madrid in some of their and Real Madrid actually as well in some of the last fixtures of the season. So it's can Villarreal make up that four point gap to make it an exciting finish to this to the La Liga season? You wouldn't put it past them. Um, I think they have much more favourable. Matches they previously beat Real Madrid, um, at the weekend they're three two. They have a number of big fixtures coming up, but certainly not in the same type of difficulty grid as um as Real Sociedad. So that's one that I would keep an eye on. I could see Villarreal slipping into that fourth position, taking that final Champions League spot away from Real Sociedad. But from a a title perspective, I think it's it's all but done.
0: Interesting. Um. Because, yeah, I, I was thinking this, I'll come on to it in the Premier League because I think it's a it's a valid point. Is just if you're four points behind with 10 games to go, it's a heck of a lot to make up, assuming that if you're a fourth and fifth place team, you don't just go win all of your games because only the very, very best do that. So, yeah, that strikes me as a bit too much of ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, despite their, obviously, their win away at the Bernabeu at the weekend. Yeah, the one the one thing I can see changing in this uh, top four is actually Atletico to go above Real Madrid. Real Madrid have been in quite poor form recently, actually. And I think a large part of that is that they know that they have to go out and chase Barca. They have to try and win every game. So it'll either do one of two things. It will settle them down a little bit now and they just kind of they don't have to go all out attack and chase games, or in fact, the fact that they know that the league has gone um, mm. means they can focus a bit more on the Champions League. Um, yeah, means that they can uh, rest players in the league and things like that. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it's an interesting one, but yeah, that's the only thing I can really see changing in Spain now is Atleti to come into second.
1: Yeah. Yeah, another one. I could absolutely see the same thing happening. I think you will see Real Madrid, with the title race effectively done, you will see Real Madrid allocate their resource to progressing in the Champions League. Obviously, they've got a relatively okay fixture in the next round. Um, you know, Come on, they're going to be shook of Lampard ball. Yeah, you would expect Real Madrid to get past Chelsea at this point with the form that they're in. So if they were to get past Chelsea in the next round, during the semi-finals, and then all of a sudden you're going to have a lot of players being rested semi-regularly. So it will change the function of the La Liga title race, if there is one, if we want to call that it at the minute. But I do think it's more of a second and third place, and fourth and fifth place uh, competition at the minute. I think La Liga is wrapped up for Barcelona and the, the focus will now be on second and third, and fourth and fifth. Which you talked about second and third. I've talked about fourth and fifth. I think there there will be changing of hands in both of those positions come the end of the season.
0: Nice, yeah, interesting. I yeah, I I see Atletico finishing second, but that that's all I see. I see no change in the fourth and fifth places. We'll go on to League A, um, the French League, of course. So no real surprises here, but top of the tree, you have PSG, 30 games. Again, they've all played 30 games, all of these teams, 69 points. Way! Um, you then have Lens in second, 63 points. Marseille in third, 61 points. Uh, you then have Monaco on 58 points. Um, the way BBC have lined this up actually says it's only the top three who get Champions League football, which... I didn't actually know. Maybe fourth goes into a qualification place. Um, yeah, you then have Monaco on 58. You then have Lille on 52 and Ren on 50. You
1: yeah, have to say it's the one that I care the least about um, because it's just back to what it normally is in terms of a foregone conclusion that PSG will win the league. Lynn in fairness to them, have been in, in relatively good form recently, but I think they're all set. I think if it is the top three, then then Marseille will likely get it, but it will be close between Marseille and Monaco. It's just how many games left and what the fixture list looks like for Marseille and Monaco coming into the last games of the season. (sighs) Obviously, the title's done, right? Marseille's fixtures for the rest of the season aren't too bad. If you look at who's around them and who they're playing against, they're playing Lane on the 6th of May, which will be very difficult. But... Except for that, you would expect them to be highly competitive in the rest of those fixtures that they have there. It's just, can Monaco can maintain that sort of momentum? They did draw their last game against Nantes um, last night, and that's probably not what they need right now in terms of the momentum going into the last games this season. They also play Len, um They have Lille. They have Lyon. And I think their fixture looks... Fister list just looks a little bit more difficult than Marseille's at this minute in time. So I would tip it to remain the same in terms of positions. I would tip Marseille, Lennon and PSG to be the Champions League qualifiers with, of course, PSG to win the league in Ligue 1.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, I struggle to disagree with the top three, to be honest. Um, I think Lens have had a brilliant season. Um, Fair play to them. And then, yeah, Monaco, again, Actually doing well here in fourth, uh six points ahead of Lille. So yeah, I I kind of agree. France can often be a bit boring. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult for PSG to lose that league, even though they have a couple of times in the last five or so years. Um, but they're way ahead on goal difference and stuff as well. Really, this title race has only been competitive because PSG have messed up a few times uh since yeah. the turn of the year. They've not had For for their personal form, they've not had brilliant form. What has been your takings on the likes of Messi getting booed? And do you think he'll still be a PSG player come next year?
1: Um, In January, I would have said definitely. And the longer the season goes without him signing that contract makes me question whether that will be the case. I think he will leave at the end of the season. I don't think, you know, I just don't understand some of the reactions from PSG fans over the last number of years with Neymar getting booed quite regularly as well. Um, I just don't get it. I think, yeah, I don't know what needs to happen for them to understand where they're at and the position that the club is in. But if financial fair play is completely a myth at this point, which it looks like it probably is, then I wouldn't actually be shocked to see Messi go back to Barcelona if they can refinance a way to get him back at some point. Um, Other than that, maybe off to to the US, but I think that would be a shame. I think he's probably got a number of years left in him still. I, I just feel like he might be set up to go back to Barcelona, and I don't know how, but I think he might.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did actually sign. I remember it's kind of infamously one of the ones that Fabrizio Romano's has actually got wrong Um, because he did genuinely sign a contract with Barcelona, And then obviously it it kind of messed up when they couldn't afford it. So Barca will do everything that they can to bring him back. I believe there is actually a law, though, in Spain, which says that a player cannot take less than half of what they were getting paid in their previous job when they move jobs. I think that Mm -hmm. was one of the issues they had with Messi's re-contract negotiation last time because for everyone saying, oh, why doesn't he take less money? Why doesn't he take less money? That's why it was actually a Spanish constitution thing. So they'll find it difficult to make the numbers work despite him obviously increasing their revenues. But yeah, it it certainly looks like Messi probably wants out. I can't really blame him either. Like look at Cristiano Ronaldo, had a great relationship with Real gets booed a few too many times and then just gets sick of it, deserves better, gets better. So yeah, I I actually am similar to you. And in many ways, it might actually be a good thing for PSG in the nicest way possible. As great as a player as Messi is, he's very hard to put in when you've already got a couple of players who don't work as hard as they should in the forward line. Like Messi should be potentially a one player luxury not part of a three of eleven luxury
1: yeah agreed i think um you can build your team around one player and sort of fit a system but it's very difficult to build a team around three with different styles and different worth that work ethics um it just something just hasn't clicked for psg in terms of how they put together their squads over the last 10 years in terms of getting the getting to the Champions League which is where they ultimately want to be the time they did get the Champions League final they were highly uncompetitive in that final and I don't know it just doesn't seem like it's the front three are probably the best front three in world football as a as a collective but you just never really have enough confidence in the ones behind them as a coherent unit to be able to provide the platform for the rest of the team to go and perform so It'll be interesting to see what stances they take over the coming years to see if they can actually get to the Champions League final and get their hands on the trophy, which is obviously where they want to be. But in the meantime, they might lose Messi this summer. They'll splash the cash again, undoubtedly. And, um, and they'll limp their way to another league on trophy this season.
0: What about that bloke who you said was the world's best winger, judged by his stats at the Qatari League, before he said that Qatar would win the World Cup?
1: Uh I didn't. I didn't didn't say that. Um but he'd he probably do a job in League On, in because it's it's not the highest of standards. Yeah. It scares Even me not, in terms of thinking that there. if Messi was to go this season, would they go for someone like, you know, Mo Salah? Or would they go for I think they should go for someone like Eden Hazard. Try and oh, see if there's no. someone like that. But I don't know. I I, I don't really care either. Um
0: that was yeah, such I, an old PSG move. And they've got... Um, exactly. What's his name? They've got the guy who used to be technical director, campus, I think, um, at, in their backroom staff now, um, to kind of pivot with Gaultier, the manager. So it seemed like they were moving away from that. That's why they bought, like, Eketike, for example. Um, mm. I can't imagine they would go for a Hazard, as good as the name sounds. Like, what... I've heard PSG are looking to do is Hoover up a bunch of this young French talent so I would say they would way rather go for like a Colo Moani um someone like that instead.
1: Yeah, I mean I I think someone like Colo Moani whether you go and try and get Usman Dembele um I think Rafinha would be a great signing for PSG as well in terms of fitting their style just not having really completely clicked the Barcelona there's loads of players you could potentially go for for PSG. I think Koulibaly is one of the most underrated players in Europe this season. I think he's been outstanding. We'll see. We'll see. I think I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Messi go out the door this summer at all. But it's do Barcelona have the financial flexibility to get the deal done? And if not, is he better staying at PSG for another year and then going abroad? Or I don't know. So we'll wait and see. But let's get back to where we were where we were looking at yeah. in terms of the positioning for the leagues.
0: Yeah. So I think fr- France pretty much sewn up. We think it will stay as is, um, but let's move on to the Bundesliga, the German, not the Austrian. And we have all of these teams have played 27 games. Obviously you only play 34 in Germany. because uh, It's an 18 team league. Um, you have Bayern Munich on 27, uh, 27 played 58 points. Brucia Dortmund 56, Union Berlin on 51, Russian Ball Spig Leipzig on 48, uh, Freiburg on 47 in fifth, and Leverkusen on 43 in sixth. Fifth and sixth get nice. Europa League, um, top four Champions League.
1: Yeah, uh, possibly, probably fair to say, the most competitive league in European football this year. Is the Bundesliga it's just been tight this whole season? Um it's been much closer than even it is now throughout the rest of the season as well. So it's been a class spectacle for fans who want to see competitiveness in the league. You even look all the way down to sixth, you know, Wolfsburg to Leverkusen, Wolfsburg in ninth, Leverkusen in sixth, four points between them. You know, that's incredibly tight for four teams coming into the last few games of the season. You then look up at Freiburg, Leipzig, one position between them, one point. Union Berlin, two points ahead of Leipzig, and you went through the rest of the points. Will the changing of manager from Nagelsmann, to Tuchel, do the job to get them over the line to win that league title? I mean, I'll let you make your prediction first.
0: I think it does. I took a look at Bayern's remaining games because, obviously, I think they've won it nine in a row. Like This is the closest it's been for a little while. I think it's the, the great hope. Um, but I think that, Slight changing of the guard, the nous, um Thomas Tuchel has, I think will be huge. I think, to be honest, the turning point and the kind of moment you look and you think it's slipped away for Dortmund is in that 4-2. So the last game that they played, Bayern beat Dortmund 4-2. My God, Cobell, the goalkeeper from Dortmund. If you've seen it, the ball gets oh. like lumped forward. He comes out to try and kick it, the goalkeeper he just completely misses the ball and it just rolls into the net. Um, Yeah, it really felt like a sliding doors moment of Dortmund, who were top at that point, um, just kind of conceding a little bit in that race because I think they were then uh 3-0 down within about 30 minutes and certainly within half time, not really giving them a chance to ever come back into it. So that was very unfortunate um to lose De Classica so convincingly. Yeah, looking at Munich's remaining fixtures, there's nothing really in there like um, that would worry me. Um, yeah, Dortmund Dortmund had a couple where you look at. I think the, the one thing I would really look at in that title race is if you look at games drawn. So really, really good teams. Don't lose more than three or four times in the league. Um, Bayern Munich have lost three times in the league this year. Dortmund have lost seven, but they're only two points off just because they've drawn so few games. Um, But yeah, that concerns me. I I can't imagine Dortmund winning every game now to the end of the season and therefore they will not catch the two points they need to overtake Bayern.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could argue the other way, though, and say that Bayern have drawn a lot of games and therefore, you know, drawn games, see you drop two points and there you go, that's it made up. So you could argue for and against that point is my my rationale behind saying it. Fair to say as yeah, well, Bayern do have Champions League football. Well. Yeah, no, they do. I mean, Bayern do have Champions League football to concentrate on. You've got two extremely tough games against Man City to come up and hopefully for Bayern Munich fans, additional games after that against Real Madrid or Chelsea. So there will be a change of focus. You look at, we can discuss the rest of the league moving forward Sort of down the ways, um, but the fixture lists for Bayern Munich and for Dortmund are much more favourable than the other ones fighting for the top six positions. Um, I would say that yes, Dortmund will likely not win all of the games, but you know their biggest competitor in the rest of their games moving forward would probably be Frankfurt. Bayern Munich have an RB tricky RB Leipzig fixture in there as well, and it's 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 one position. You know it's. Very very tight. I wouldn't be shocked if Dortmund were able to get it over the line. So just for to play devil's advocate, knowing that you were you were likely going to say Bayern Munich, I'll throw my Dortmund hat into the ring and say that I'll go for Dortmund to to win the Bundesliga this season.
0: Love to hear it. Um, yeah, when you said I would not be shocked, I was like, oh my god, sit on the fence, Bailey's back, but I'm glad. I'm glad that you've uh, fully hopped off it and you've and you've gone for that. Um, yeah, so let's
1: talk about the I rest. Think it's, it's, yeah, it's more so. I would love Bayern Munich to to put City out of the Champions League. I would. I'll go full cap. Yeah, Kemp oh, yeah. And I would absolutely love it. Um, and 100%. I think that would it would see them drop two points more, or at least than they probably would have. Um, if they do have the Champions League focus, which I hope they do, and I think Dortmund could sneak a win and I think it would be a great story this season in terms of it would be an ultimate team victory in that you look at you know, Haaland was there last season if they had been able to do it last season it would have been all about Haaland's goals but this season it's been very much a collaborative team effort you've seen the likes of Sebastian Haller coming back from testicular cancer it would just be a great footballing story to see Dortmund win the season, win the Bundesliga this year and um that's sort of what I'm rooting for but as you were about to allude to the rest of the positions below those front two mm. are really close. And there's a lot of very, very difficult games as well.
0: Yeah. So um, just a reminder, Uni on Berlin, third 51. RB Leipzig, fourth on 48. Freiburg, fifth on 47. Do you see any changing on the top four? Um, yeah, between three and five.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I don't think... The top six, really. We should look at the six because you could even see Leverkusen getting into that fourth position because that's the level of difficulty in the rest of the fixtures moving forward. I think Freiburg has the most difficult fixtures, in my opinion. Um, So I wouldn't be shocked to see them drop a position. I think Leipzig might hold on, but again, really difficult fixtures between now and the end of the season. I think Union Berlin will hold on to the third position. So if I was just again just to throw Spanner in the works, I would I could see Xavi Alonso, and Leverkusen sneaking to fourth.
0: Wow. Okay. You can tell that I didn't because I didn't mention them when I mentioned three to five. Um yeah, great manager, and they've had a great upturn and form under him for sure, and obviously some really nice uh players at Leverkusen as well. I can see Leipzig and Union Berlin switching places. Um, Yeah, at one point, Union Berlin were top of the league and really going well. Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I can see those two switching. And I can see Freiburg and Leverkusen switching. Um, But, yeah, I don't anticipate Leverkusen. Bear in mind, it's a 34-game season, seven games left. Yeah, Because their goal difference is worse as well. To get into the top four, you're looking at six points for Leverkusen. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, just in those last six games, in those last seven games, sorry, they do play each other on the 23rd of April. It a lot of, That will be crucial for the deciding of this, these positions. So Leipzig do have Leverkusen on the 23rd. They then have a semi-final against Freiburg on the 2nd of May. They then play Freiburg in the league on the 6th of May. They then have Bayern Munich in the league on the 20th of May. So there's... You know, there's a lot of fixtures there. Obviously, you're relying on them losing those games and if they were losing those games and Leverkusen were winning those, that's a nine-point change. Um, But there's a lot of really difficult games between now and the end of the season for all of the teams involved, but specifically for Freiburg and for Leverkusen. I mean, we look at Freiburg's fixtures. You know, They have Leipzig, they have Union Berlin, they have Frankfurt. So, I don't know, I, I would just... I, I wouldn't... I think the momentum that Leverkusen have um, with recent wins over the likes of Bayern Munich, I wouldn't look past them at this point. I wouldn't. Certainly would have mentioned third to sixth instead of third to fifth. And I would not rule them out of the Champions League race at this point.
0: Fair enough. Um. Yeah, I guess the you've convinced me on Freiburg's fixtures and maybe I can see Frankfurt getting in the Europa league instead of Freiburg. Um, but yeah, I think it might be, it might be a step too far for Leverkusen. Um, they are the German version of Spurs, nickname Neverkusen because they never win. Uh, so yeah, I can see, I can see that happening. Um, shall we move on to our final one, which I guess Most of our viewers at home will be most familiar with. Me and yourself are probably most familiar with. And that is the Premier League. So some different games played here. We'll start with the title race because there's only really two teams in it. Um, We have Arsenal played 30, 73 points. Manchester City played 29, 67 points. Big weekend in this, one that actually your Liverpool were involved with. How do you see it? Do you think it's changed things?
1: Um, not in my mind. You you'll be able to back me up. I've been saying for quite a number of months that I still think City will do it, and I hate to say it because it just there's just no benefit to anybody by City winning the league again. But I do think City will win this. I think um the statement I made in the the group chat where I just spout random statements into every so often is that I do think City and uh, sorry Chelsea and Liverpool would be the deciders of the league this season. And um, with both of them haven't having to play Arsenal and City, I think the the last fixture between Arsenal and City as well city know how to get it over the line. they know how to win nearly you know twenty games in a row in order to win a league Arsenal of you know the likes of the Bournemouth game, for example, that's the type of game you need to win to win the league. I just don't know i've got I've got a bad feeling about it. I think city will bring it back. I think city will get it over the line at the end I think they'll win the face-to-face that they have over the next few weeks they'll win the game in hand and then all of a sudden they're top of the league on goal difference and I think Arsenal will drop points in the last eight games of the season and um, it will start with the City game we Liverpool did deserve to win yesterday but most Liverpool fans you know we don't deserve to get top four which we'll talk about and I'm very realistic as a fan. We we really really don't deserve top four. And we we really needed to win to get top four yesterday. Um, to see Arsenal not win was fine because we wanted to win. But you know they they showed a lot of class and uh they gained a lot of points with Liverpool fans yesterday as a whole. Plus also Liverpool fans don't want to Don't want to see City win the league either. So my prediction is that that Man City will get that next title. Um. And Arsenal will just miss out, unfortunately.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, wh- I th- I just think Arsenal have been a cut above City this year. Obviously, City do do their thing where they really click into gear after January, um, and they're kind of yeah they're on that run, they're gathering momentum. Funnily enough, I can see Man City winning that game against Arsenal as well, um, particularly because they won. I think it was three one away from home against Arsenal in the reverse. But I think it might be one of those things where you win the battle, but you lose the war. Um, And yeah, just for one season with Man City maybe having some attention elsewhere, uh, they've got a clear need to do a few things with their squad in the summer, which might be the first time that they've had like a clear need to do business in a while. Um, Yeah, I can see, put it this way, Arsenal are probably going to get this shot and this shot only for the next couple of years. And yeah, I think uh I think this is their chance and everything that I've seen they've they have changed as a squad. They have been able to pull good results out and just batter teams with ease this year. Um so yeah I think they will cling on to it. Um which is nice. Gives us two different opinions on the title race. Um and we'll see we'll see who is the winner there.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah, I, I, on top four? Top four, top four for me is top four right now. I think you will see. I think United will finish third, they're fourth at the minute, on goal difference to Newcastle. But I do think you'll see a flip flop in those positions with United finishing in third and Newcastle finishing in fourth. I just again, you as a Spurs fan will probably agree. I just don't think. You know, Spurs are sitting on fifty three points, three points behind, um, both United and Newcastle. But Spurs have an additional game played, so they're sitting on fifty three points. The other team that nobody looks like they want to finish top four this season, and the only team, the team with probably the most momentum, is probably Villa. But again, I think it's a few games too late. Whereas if they had yeah, a had Una Emery is. in a little bit earlier, then. It could have been a little bit more exciting for them, but I think it will be as it is at the minute. Um, but, you know, United are in not great form at the minute. They just need to get Casemiro back in the field without picking up a red card. And Newcastle are starting to pick up really, really impressive wins again. You're starting to see Callum Wilson get back into form. Um, Isaac is getting into form, so Maximum's getting into a swing of things. They were sort of missing Almiron's goals for for a few weeks there and dropping a few unnecessary points, but... Yeah, they're starting to get back in the winning ways, which I will, I think, would be great for them, bad for the rest of the league in the long term. But I think they will clinch top four this season.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing that's I don't know if blown away is the right way to describe this, but uh, you look at Newcastle's goal difference: twenty-seven, Man United seven, Tottenham's thirteenth, Villas one. Like Newcastle, particularly recently, there was that five-one in the week against West Ham, for example. Um, yeah they've really started collecting a bit of momentum getting more goals back into the team so yeah I think that's kind of cemented their top four hopes the thing is Tottenham do have to play Man United and Newcastle we play them both away though Um, I think we play Liverpool away as well so it's one of these things if you could trust Tottenham to pick up say eight games left if you could if Tottenham could get 15, 16 points from those, they would stand a chance being four to six points behind, depending on what you think about that game in hand. However, with all of those fixtures and it being kind of crucial that we beat Newcastle and beat United in those two fixtures, which our form against the top six is horrendous this year, so I can't see us doing. Yeah, I just think it's um, a surprisingly foregone conclusion. And now, if anything... The story will be how badly do a Tottenham finish and how badly do a Liverpool finish? Um, because, mm-hmm. yeah, some of the teams around them, the Brentfords, the Brightons, the Villas, are in very good form and doing quite nice things.
1: Yeah, I think Brighton will fall just short, unfortunately. I think they're probably the most deserving of that fourth spot in terms of style of play. Well, probably affinated. I think long, you know, the rest of the season, yet yeah, they'd probably fin- deserve to finish fourth in terms of what Eric Ten Hag's done over the course of the season. I would love to have seen Brighton finish there, but I think VAR have have done them out of a number of fixtures this season, unfortunately, Um, including including the game on Saturday. Horrendous, horrendous VAR decisions that you can go back and listen to some of the issues we have with VAR in one of the previous podcasts. But, oh, some absolutely stinking decisions the weekend against Spurs. United have some tough fixtures, though. United do have... I, th- I think we will see a little bit of an upturn with Chelsea. I've sort of talked about how Chelsea could sort of have an impact on who wins the season, who wins the league this season, because they play both Arsenal and City in the the coming fixtures. They do play United as well. United do have Spurs, as you touched upon. United also play Villa, who they haven't performed overly well against this season. So I don't think it's a it's a dead certainty that United will finish top four, but I think the return of Casemiro if he can continue to not get sent off and stay on the pitch for an extended period of time, um, I think they will get it over the line. But Chelsea have some absolutely horrendous fixtures coming up in terms of they play Arsenal, City, United, um, Newcastle, and they have Real Madrid, and they have Brighton as well. So it'd be interesting to see where Chelsea finish up. It'd be interesting just to throw it in where we think they'll finish in the league this season. I think it will be the bottom half of the table, but
0: four top four.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, do. I
0: To be fair, I'm just reading it now. They are actually in 11th. I thought they were 10th, but they are in 11th behind Fulham. Um, yeah. yeah. And with that fixture list, you can't really see it improving.
1: No, no, it's, it's, I think they will finish in 11th, but some of the fixtures that they play, you can see them sneaking a draw against someone like Arsenal though, when it gets United as well, but I don't think they'll pick up too many wins.
0: Yeah, well, they're a they're a low scoring team, really, aren't they? They're the type who, if they know they're going to play Arsenal, who are a better team, they'll set out defensively and try and draw that nil nil or nick a one nil maybe. So, I think that's why they are such a big threat against some of these top teams. Um, it's just then when they play like a Bournemouth, for example, they then aren't able to kick into gear and kind of get the two the three nils rolling. So. Yeah, they are a very intriguing team in this league. I've just seen they've got negative goal difference as well. God, they are bad. Yeah, minus,
1: minus two goal difference. It's a stinking season. Horrible season. It'll be interesting to see, though. I, I Like I said, I don't think they'll pick up too many points between now and the end of the season, which is probably why they've went with the interim manager in the meantime, because I don't think it would have went well for anyone who came in the door. and it would have set them off on a really negative um, start with mm. the types of fixtures that they have in that again they're probably accepting that they're not gonna win the Champions League. Brighton's a tough game. Chelsea, Brentford's always tough, Arsenal, you've got Bournemouth and Forest in there, and then you've got City and Newcastle. Like that's that's horrendous. I could see them picking up single digit points between now and the end of the season. And that's that's not even a you know that's not a a bold statement. It's my opinion. But I think they will have an impact on the top four battle, I think they'll have an impact on the battle for the for the league, which is why we are discussing them. But I, I think City will win the league, unfortunately. And I think the top four will be United and Newcastle. Nice.
0: OK, well, that's Premier League done. Um, before we go into the Champions League, do you want to discuss your secret league you've been hiding from me?
1: Yes, the secret league, which... Hopefully, you've had a chance to go back and watch Welcome to Wrexham. Anyone who has will probably be watching this league because the stats are insane around it. Nottingham, Notts County, sorry, and Wrexham play each other today. 42 games played for Notts County, 100 points. 41 games played for Wrexham, 100, sorry, 100 points for them as well. So you've got two teams in the National League, both have 100 points. One game difference, both play each other today, uh, this afternoon, and only one team in that league gets automatic promotion. The other team will be thrown into a playoff situation. So to, to have the likelihood that you've got you know, two teams finishing over 100 points in a league season, one of them will win the league and get automatic promotion, and one will be put into a playoff competition where you would expect them to win that playoff, but it's playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. That's one that everybody should be looking at, should be watching the game today um, and should be figuring out which one of these teams we'll be seeing in the league structure next season. Will it be Notts County? Will it be Wrexham? I think Wrexham will get it over the line um, with the likes of, with the quality that they have in their team, with the likes of Paul Mullen banging in the goals. But what a season for both teams and they they do deserve a mention um, regardless of where they finish and if we see both of them or one of them in League 2 next season.
0: Nice. Um, It wasn't what I guessed. I'd guessed the Erevediz, Erevediz, eh? Um, So, nice. We love it. We love a bit of diversity. Um, Yeah, for me, I'm going to go Notts County. Fuck it. I hear too much of you talk too well about Wrexham. So, I'm going to go for Notts County, uh, English football's oldest club. It'd be great to see them back in the division. The team Juventus styled their kit on.
1: Um so, yeah, I'm
0: going to go for those guys to hold
1: out um, and win the league. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's, it's all come down to these types of games. Wrexham were looking like they were going to get it done relatively comfortable, but lost, I think it was 4-1 at the weekend, to Halifax, who's sitting 15th, um, who were sitting in 18th or 19th before the game, actually. Um, and they obviously won via an absolute howler from Ben Foster and Nets. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, but it's it's certainly a game that people should be looking at. This you know this podcast will go out after the game, so you'll get a better indication of who's taking the advantage, um, going into the the last games of the season in the national league. But that push for league football is always an interesting one and one that we should never look away from, especially if you're based in England. It's always good to get down to the national league and those types of games. And instead of having to go to a big Premier League stadium and paying over the odds for your tickets.
0: Definitely. Um, awesome. Well, that goes on to our leagues. Now we'll go on to what I could only describe as a fake league in the Champions League, just because it's not actually a league competition at all. We're in the knockout phases. Um, some very interesting ties, actually. Um, it's throwing up. So they play. Uh, yeah, actually, it's this week. Uh, the first set of these are tomorrow um, then on Wednesday. So we have Benfica versus Inter Milan, Man City versus Bayern, AC versus Napoli, Real versus Chelsea? A, which fixture draws your eyes the most? Um, And B, shall we go through them kind of like a one-by-one and uh, discuss who we think are winners, semis, finalists?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, I mean, first one that draws your eye is, for me, is... um, it's gonna be, City, Bayern Munich, and but yeah. then you, I think we all have the same team in our mind as to who we want to win it based on the structure of the games in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, I've, so I don't, I don't disagree uh, with what you're saying, but there's a a want and a will. Um, so let's go, Benfica Inter. Who are you picking in that one?
1: I'm gonna pick Benfica. Woo! I've i listened to your shouts for Benfica this season. I've dismissed them all. And I'm fed up with dismissing them all. You've you've been spot on. Um the Portuguese League continue to produce top quality players. We played them last season, it certainly wasn't an easy game. And you know, we played them both actually last season, and neither of them were 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 easy games, but I'm just going to go with who I would like to win, and I would like to see Benfica win that game.
0: Yeah, um, so I actually agree. Uh, Yeah, it was weeks and weeks ago now, months um, that I said Benfica. I think we'll get to a Champions League semi-final, so I've got to back the boys. Um, I was in their stadium last year, so I'm going to back. The Benfica boys, and yeah, hope that they can get this one across the line. I do think it'll be very, very tight, though. I would not be surprised to see this go to extra times and maybe even penalties, um, particularly if Inter can get a anything like firing Lukaku for one of the legs. Man City mm-hmm.
1: Bayern, Bayern Munich. I just want them to win. I actually don't think they'll win. I, I think so. I think this could be City's year to actually finally win the Champions League. They're coming into a bit of form. We're starting to see the best out of De Bruyne again. Grealish is really coming into his own in the City shirt. Haaland can score from anywhere. And they've now got this system finally working where Stones is playing a right-back, but effectively set the defence midfield, and it's beautiful to watch, unfortunately. Um, my heart says Bayern, my head says City, and I'll go with my head and say Man City will win it.
0: Okay, nice. I'm actually going to go for Bayern. Um, I would have gone for Man City, however... Um with Bayern changing to Tommy T, he had a good record against them. Obviously, they got through the line when he was manager of Chelsea against Man City in the final that year. Um, yeah, I just see Bayern Munich kind of outnousing Man City on this one, um, if nothing else. So, yeah, I think Bayern will actually get that one done. AC Milan
1: Napoli. I would have said Napoli, definitely until the other week. Roughly, oh, Find a way to absolutely destroy them four and a half years ago, but um, I don't know whether it was just resting on their laurels in the league because they were so far ahead. You don't, you know, such a big gap at the top of Syria can often play a trick on teams in terms of lowering their standards and lowering the, you know, the aggression within the games and the momentum that they have. You know, we certainly saw it once Liverpool won the league, for example, a few years ago. We looked absolutely dreadful afterwards, and it was difficult to regain that into the next season. But I'm going to go Napoli.
0: OK, nice. Yeah, I actually had the, the same kind of notes, if you like, that um, I had Napoli until that demolition, the Liao-led dem- demolition um that was kind of one of the results I remember sending you the YouTube highlights just being like how has this happened um I will also go for Napoli um and the reason I will is just because I think their football suits cup competitions particularly well I've mentioned this before um when we kind of said players with underrated seasons and it's not just uh, the big two I mentioned earlier you also have someone like Chucky Lozano, who's brilliant on the counter-attack. So their game suits um, yeah tournament football well. Um, I can see them scoring in both legs, which I can't necessarily say for AC Milan. Real Madrid-Chelsea?
1: Real Madrid. Just masters of Champions League football. Destroyed us in the last leg. Could see them doing the same job against Chelsea. Um, Carlo Ancelotti and that, that Real Madrid team are just professionals and knockout tournament football and that this will absolutely probably come back and bite me in in the whole leg but um I could see Real Madrid winning that one comfortably over the two legs.
0: yeah I I have Real Madrid as well um yeah Chelsea do always there's all the talk now it's like oh Chelsea are our best when we're uh against adversity look at Di Matteo look at um Two shows win, um, but I just don't see it this time. Um, you can't just rely on not being good and then just pulling it out of the hat. So yeah, I can see Real Madrid winning that fairly comfortably too, even though that's not necessarily the Real Madrid way. It's normally a Vinicius and Benzema 92nd, 94th job. Um, okay. So we have a couple of different teams here in the semifinals. So I have your semi-final number one as Benfica versus
1: Napoli mm. Napoli for me there I think um, again Benfica have been incredible this season They've it's one league that we didn't cover but they'll win the league fairly comfortable this year and they've been really really impressive in Champions League football but again it's more so going on my, my heart here, I would love to see Napoli do it because unlike a lot of the other Serie A teams that have won the league in recent years where they've sort of won the league and then they've went ahead and rebuilt, or they've lost one or two players here. I think this Napoli team will will get dissected pretty quickly, um, and I think this will be the last opportunity for them to win big tournaments and big competitions collectively. So I would love to see, I would love to see Napoli get to the final. And I think with the draw that they have here, they very much could do.
0: Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um. So I'm seeing the same. Benfica versus Napoli, but I'm gonna back the Benfica boys. They're going big. They're going to the final. Goncalo Ramos is gonna bag a brace in this game. Um, yeah, I'm going for I'm going for the Benfica boys to make it through to the final. Um, we then have so your fixture would be uh, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid.
1: My fixture would be Man City and Real Madrid. Um, yes, it
0: would. I have mistaken your fixture for mine. Yours is Man City fixture. versus Real,
1: and unfortunately, I think the um, all the motivation that City would need would just to rewatch the highlights from last season and just live in the moment of the last minute winners and last minute goals by Rodrigo. And I think City would. I, I just think City are coming into the momentum that we've seen Man City have in recent years but I feel like this one's different in that they've got that slightly different cutting edge where if they're not playing well they still have someone who can win them games and that's not what they've had really in recent years they've had a a really good collective team where and that that's that works brilliantly but Haaland offers them a little bit something different in these types of games where they could defend and sit back and still score two or three in the break so I'm waffling but I think I think I don't really want to say it, but I think City will will get to the final against Napoli this year.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting take. So, yeah, I had Bayern versus Real Madrid. And just Real Madrid have a number over Bayern in the Champions League. Actually, you made a good point about kind of Haaland um, and Benzema. I do think it pays to have a really good number nine in the Champions League. Um, yeah, just because matches are close, you need to take your chances um, and I, that's partly why I see Real getting the better of Bayern, because you're looking at Benzema versus Um So, yeah, you wouldn't say it was necessarily the fairest of contests in that case. So the final comes about, Jonathan. The final is on the 10th of June. And you have a Man City versus Napoli, the Battle of the Sky Blues. Who wins?
1: That it pains me to say. It. Last Champions League final, Pep shit the bed. He shit it so much that I think if you know if there was a hotel, he would have shit all the bets Um, with the tactics that he enforced in that last Champions League final, I don't think he'll do it again. He'll just play his team because he won't need to try and overthink it against Napoli. They're they're a better team, in my opinion. Um, but you've just given but Napoli. The base. Napoli destroyed us. They destroyed Liverpool this season. I would love Napoli to win it, but I, I think City will win it. I, I hate to say
0: You've it. just given the most um, Dillian White sentence ever. No, not Dillian White. Uh, Chisora, I think. Have you ever seen that clip where he's like, and when you take a diuretic pill, that means <laughs> it will run through you. And I will run through this man. You've given the equivalent uh,
1: of that on the pod. Uh, but I hate, I hate, I hate everything to do with City. I just hate them. But I think it's the early year. I think they'll do it this year,
0: yeah, fair, um because I've actually watched football and have ball, ball knowledge uh keen listeners will have realized I don't have Man City in my final, they just they find a unique way to mess it up every time um I'm got Real Madrid versus Benfica in the final, and I've got a Ben feeling
1: <laughs>
0: um. I would love to say that I would, but sadly, I don't. I think just Real Madrid know how to get this competition won. Um, I suspect that they're now going to pack it in a bit of the league because they know that they've got a way to do it in the final. Um, Yeah, Naus pays nine times out of 10. Every time you see a final with a team who are... The really good one and the experienced one in the Champions League and then the less experienced one, the experienced one who gets it every time. Look at Liverpool um, versus Tottenham. Liverpool did. Liverpool the year before, it was their first time in a while versus Real, who then did it to them. Real did it a couple of times to Atletico Madrid. Uh, Bayern have done it to Dortmund. Like countless times over and over again, it's not necessarily who is actually the best team. It's the one with the know-how and the experience to go deep in the competition. Um, So you would say that between Real, City and Bayern, you've got three teams there. And yeah, I, I guess you throw Chelsea in with a recent win as well. You've got four teams who know how to go deep. Um, It's just interesting that they're all in the same side of the draw. So it's probably going to throw up an unlikely finalist this year. Um, And then, yeah, if Real Madrid do get through their tough games, I just can't see anything else but them winning it.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, From my perspective with City, I just think they've signed Holland for this exact type of game and this scenario where they need to, you know, they, they, they know how to win the league. I don't think they were overly really worried about winning the league this season. Um, everything's been set up for City to win the Champions League for years. And I think this is the year they finally do it with Erding Haaland leading them to the trophy. Um, as much as we would all love to see someone like Napoli or Benfica win it, I think it will be a, a team from that side of the draw with the experience or with the sort of higher calibre of reputation with European football that we will see win it I say experienced City have never been able to do it the other three have but I think it's City's year to do it
0: yeah fair and we can tell by the pain in your voice that it's not one that you wanted to say Um, but no. nice it's considering we basically had all the same oh no we didn't have all the same title winners we had you in, going for Dortmund in Germany me for Bayern uh, you went for City I went for Arsenal Um, it's nice to have a difference in the Champions League as well John, you mentioned, um, I can't remember if this was on the podcast or not, um, but you mentioned we might do this again uh, later in the week with relegation-threatened teams.
1: We will. Yeah, we'll do another podcast. I hadn't mentioned it on this episode. Um, So we will do another podcast similar to this one where we will analyse the rest of the leagues in terms of the same leagues, in terms of the relegation battles, especially in the Premier League and the La Liga. We could see some big teams dropping out of the leagues, um, but also some really, really tight uh, competition for places over the next few weeks and really interesting finishes to the league seasons. We'll also maybe have a look at the Europa League and the Europa Conference League winners, and we'll spend a limited time on the Conference League because Rob doesn't care about it until Tottenham win it in a few years. Um, So we'll spend a bit of time analysing who we think will win those tournaments, but it will be solely, majority of the time, focused on the relegation battles in the five top divisions in world football.
0: If you boys think you're getting close to being able to afford Jude Bellingham this summer, then you need the Europa League. It's the best Liverpool can realistically hope to do at this point. So don't look down uh, on the Conference League just because I think Tottenham are above it. Even though if we won it, I would go off my nut.
1: I, I haven't looked down on it at all. You'll only have heard words of disrespect towards the Europa League Conference League from you in this tournament and this this podcast. I um yeah I I I'm going to the Liverpool Brentford game in the start of May, knowing that it will likely be a, a conference league playoff game or a mid table playoff game and um I'll take it at this point. I think I think it's a good opportunity to play the younger players and just sort of see if there's any youth players there. So I'm I'm more than happy to, to play in it. And it also means that we don't have any any more twelve thirty kickoffs this season because we have been absolutely horrendous at twelve thirty kickoffs this year.
0: Well, that, yeah, I mean maybe we'll we'll look at I've had some requests to do a how to fix Liverpool after our Spurs won last time out. And um, yeah, I do think that that's an interesting uh, interesting point for them because so so many things, if you look at Arsenal now, part of the reason for their resurgence was being able to be out of Champions League football for a bit and give people like Saka, like Smith-Rowe, um, Europa League minutes. And Liverpool definitely have some youngsters that they can do that with. Um, but maybe we'll save that one for another pod. Any plans for the rest of your Easter um, bank holiday Monday, John?
1: No, I'm having to travel for work for the next few days, so I'll uh, I'll pack the running gear and make sure that we get out training again for the marathon in a few weeks. Um, And except for that, no, the the sun is out in Belfast, so I'll get out, enjoy the weather, and eat a few more Easter eggs. What about yourself?
0: Love that. Um, I'm off to the F1 Arcade, actually, this afternoon. So. For a man who doesn't even have his provisional license, um, well, I I have that. I don't have my actual. Um, It'd be interesting to see how many times I can crash.
1: Excellent. Excellent. I'll enjoy that. And um, I'm envious, so send me photos. And between now and then, what should the listeners go away and do? They
0: should, like this, follow us on social media, TikTok, Instagram. They should tell everyone they know that over-the-top football is some of the best insight that they've ever heard, and they love how handsome the two hosts are. Um, and, yeah, that that will do for now.
1: Brilliant. As always, Robert, appreciate the time. Enjoy the F1 Arcade, and uh, look forward to speaking again soon. Cheers, John.
0: Thanks, everyone.
1: Chat soon.